Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Guys, this is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Lives. He's joined by my co-host tonight, Mark Schofield. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit with OTA starting uh, media availability for the Cowboys. It's actually starting today. As you're listening to this, they're probably at practice. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But uh, there's been a lot of discussion recently around, you know, the Eagles being the best team in the NFC East or the Washington Commanders possibly being the best team in the NFC East. And while that topic of conversation has probably been due to the dead period of the NFL season, I thought it was something we could touch on uh, on the podcast for a little bit tonight. But before we do, Mark, you doing all right? I'm doing well, buddy. Great to be with you. Um, I, I noticed that you said, you know, talk about Dallas maybe being the best team in the East or maybe the Eagles being the best team or maybe the Washington – you didn't mention the fourth team in the East. Did not Gotta let that one go. <laughs> I've actually seen them like on people's like, you know, where they make their playoff predictions and stuff like right. that. I've seen them on like just people I follow, you know, that cover other teams. They've thrown the Giants in and like, that's just the one team that I think has no shot. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, unless everybody else gets hurt, but I think you yes. can make a case for Washington, you can make a case for Philadelphia, and you can make a case for the Cowboys. I just don't have a case for the Giants, but let's start with that. Do you think there's any case there for the New York Giants to compete for the NFC's title? I mean, it's going to take Daniel Jones taking that year now four leap that You're Giants probably- fans have been waiting for since year two, right? And and the case for it is while well, they got Brian Dable and he fixed Josh Allen. So obviously he's going to fix Daniel Jones. I write for big blue view. Like I, I go on big blue view pods. Like we've been waiting for, for Daniel Jones to take this step forward for like three seasons now. And it hasn't happened. And yes, Evan Neal is a very nice offensive tackle. And yes, Thibodeau is a fantastic pass rusher. I mean, we talked about both of those guys. Those guys aren't going to fix Daniel Jones overnight. The, 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 the Giants, if they somehow compete in this division, it will be Daniel Jones taking a leap in year four that nobody saw coming. Yeah, and, and that's just where I'm at. Like, I feel like you can make the case for every other team having – I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not agreeing with this, but I feel like you can make the taste – the case for every other team having a quarterback that is right. division. I mean, even, I mean, Carson Wentz has been a disaster for the last 
two years pretty much. But yeah. I guess you can go, okay, he's better than Taylor Heineke, and we were some somewhat competitive with Taylor Heineke. So I can get that. And I think you can get going, okay, Jalen Hurts showed once they figured out how to run their offense through Jalen Hurts last year, they won a bunch of games and made the playoffs. Can he take a third-year leap, which I think is a much more you know realistic conversation? Right. Um, and then obviously I think Dak's the most talented quarterback in the division, but just there, there's been no evidence to prove that the Giants and Daniel Jones are ready to take that leap. There's nothing. No, and, and Jones is going to be in like his like fourth different system over right. five years. Like it's not an environment conducive. You know, they're up against it from a cap based perspective. They had to let James Bradbury go as a result of that. Like you look at this roster on paper and it's like, there are pieces. Yeah. You know, and I like a receiver, the, they, yeah, like, I don't know what Kadarius to make of the receiver room. Right. Kadarius Tony's their best receiver. And they've talked about like openly not liking him, yeah. which is, I mean, I, that's not like, that was stuff in the draft process last year that a lot of people were like, look, he's great, but what are you going to get with him? Is, is it going right. to be the guy that's totally bought in and ready to go? Um, but outside of him, you know, they had a questionable pick this year, taking Wondell Robinson as high as they did. And outside of that, Kenny Galladay, who was a good player in Detroit, but just never really worked out, you know, in New York. And the offensive line, they added Evan Neal, Andrew Thomas, a good player, but they also aren't great on the interior. The running game has been a mess. The defense, I think, you know, you can make the case that it's, it's gotten worse this year with what they've lost. Um, yeah. I mean, Lorenzo Carter is a pretty good rusher for them last year, and he's no longer there. Um, and then you lose James Bradbury. So it's, it's back to, they've, they've like the way I described it earlier in this off season, it's like, they've hit the reset button on that team, but you normally do that after like, you've had a successful run. You've, you know, you've, you've been competitive for two or three years. You've gone, look, like we're going to, we're going to hit the reset button. We got a ton of this cap space. Like we'll go into the, like, like the Browns just did recently. Yeah. Whereas like, we're going to draft the quarterback high. We're going to add some free agents. We'll do that. Um, Denver, you could say that as well. They, they had cap space. They kind of had the reset button. Um, but with the giants, like they don't have the cap space. They trade, you know, they didn't, they, they, they don't have like, they, they had draft picks this year and they didn't really use them to the point where you can see that rebuild start. So right. outside of what they did in the first round, obviously what they did in the first round was great, but after that, it kind of got ugly. So yeah, I just, I don't think that, I think the giants are the little brother of that division there. And I think they're still until they get a, a quarterback that shows some signs of being able to compete at that level or a ways away from competing. What, what Connor, what's the case I'm curious for Washington, because I'm, you know, living here, like we're both kind of in the DC area, right. we're both DMV. And this is a commander's town, although I guess it's going to be a, a Washington commuter's town. They're going to be going down your way, uh, given the fact that they just bought some land down in Virginia. But what's the case for Washington? Because I have a tough time making that too. I, I do too. I just think the only thing you can say is that in 2020, they won the division because of the way they played defense with yeah. Taylor Heineke kind of taking them into the playoffs 2021, which we know the defensive results are just something that struggles to replicate from year to yeah. year. So in 2021, their defense was bad. I mean, and that was kind of surprising because you saw them be really good in 2020. They, you know, added some players to it. You felt like they were going to be better. I know they lost chase young for some of the years. So maybe you're looking at it as Carson Wentz, even though he's not great, he's better than Taylor Heineke. We added Jahan Dotson, so we feel like we have a good 
a solid second receiver option there with Terry McLaurin. And then we're going to get these defensive guys back healthy. We added a little bit to that, Jamon Davis in year two. So I think you're hoping you get back to those 2020 defensive results. Plus Carson Wentz is an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. But I I agree. I agree with you. Like it's not easily to talk yourself into it. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. Do you think they have enough up front to keep Wentz from turning into the like (laughs) absolute head case? I'm going to throw this left-handed pass out of my own head zone. Do you think they have enough to keep him from doing that? No. And I mean, again, like here's the crazy thing. It's because yes, I do think Carson Wentz is a more talented quarterback than Taylor Heineke. But honestly, like from a mental standpoint, I might prefer Taylor Heineke to run that ship. Yeah. Like that's always been Carson Wentz's crazy. biggest thing. It's yeah. like he's just a head case. <laughs> I mean, I remember this time last year saying, oh, look, with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, like this team is good enough. Right. That if they can just avoid the three interception game from Fitzpatrick, they're going to be fine. Now he gets hurt. And so now here we are a year later and it's like, this team's good, but can they avoid the like? And it's not like once through a ton of picks last right. year, but the ones he threw were like nightmarish. Yeah. And, like, and there's so, like, take the picks out of it. It's like there's so many plays where he's got a guy running wide open down the seam and he just airmails it. It's just like, yeah. dude, like me and you could have completed yeah. that. Yeah. It's, it's literally like he cannot escape the mental breakdowns that he has in every game. Yeah. And he'll have one or two a year where, like, he doesn't have them. And he's like, you're like, damn, this guy can play. Yeah. And then the week 18 game against Jacksonville happens, and you're just like, brother. And and we (laughs) saw what that organization did. Indianapolis was just like, we just can't do this for another year. Like, forget Britain as our long-term. Like, we can't even give him year two. Which I love that. I love what Indianapolis did. They're like, you know what? Screw it, man. We're not going to pay him all this money. We're not going to just blow. I mean, so many teams like I almost I love what the Giants did in the first round, but I almost would have respected them more, even though I don't love the quarterbacks in this class. But if they just would have taken a quarterback this year and like, look, we're not going to settle for another year of a guy that we just don't like. Did it surprise you not to like sidetrack it that they were at the top of the second round? Everybody but Pickett was staring them in the face and they didn't draft a quarterback. Did that surprise you? I mean, that was like the perfect Malik Willis situation for yeah. me. Like, you got a guy in Daniel Jones that if he needs to play, play. Like, as a Cowboys fan, I was sitting there like, dang, I really don't want the Giants to draft him because he does have the high ceiling that we've talked about. I mean, really, all the NFC East teams passing up on him was like – I mean, again, like, I, I understand liking Kenny Pickett more, you know, but I also well, kind of – you get it to like – or even the third round, like for right. a team like Philly and Dallas that – you feel like you've got the guy. Obviously, Dallas has the stronger case, you know, the clearer case that they've got the guy in Dak. You know, Philly's still trying to figure it out with Hurts. But at that point, why not? Yeah, like, no, absolutely. I mean, that was something that we kept kind of when we were doing the live coverage. It was like, is this where Philly finally just pulls the trigger? I mean, are they yeah. able to do that? You know, again, we, we can talk about all the negative things that Jalen Hurts, you know, struggles with, but he seems like he's pretty mentally strong. He handles, you know, the, the criticism. He's not going to do what Carson did. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like if they would have drafted Malik Willis in the third round, he wouldn't have had a mental breakdown in right. camp and, like, fallen apart. So, yeah. 
Which I get, that might be why, I mean, Washington ended up drafting Howell, didn't they? In the fifth. Yeah. So it's like, they were like, well, that, they were like at this point, if Wentz breaks down over that, a fifth round pick, like he's not going to be quarterback in a flag football team in a 14 new league next year. I, how that had to have been a conversation though. Like third round Washington's on the clock and they're just like, we, we literally, he's a top player on our board more than likely. And we just can't do it because the guy yeah. we just traded for is going to have a breakdown. We'll have a breakdown. So like, I guess we'll just wait until the fifth and then yeah. we can say it's this can't backup. bother. Right. Do you think when they were sitting there on the clock of the fifth, they were still like, is this too early? They probably, they probably had to write like backup quarterback on the draft card. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Howell, UNC backup. Quarterback. Yeah. Do you think they cleared it with him? Hey Carson, I know we just traded with you. Right. We're about to draft Sam Howell with the fifth. This isn't going to bother you. Is it? <sighs> probably. They probably did. And that's so sad, but you, we talked. So you actually, I wanted to ask you first because I don't think we've talked about this since it's happened. But the James Bradbury discourse on Twitter made me want to jump off my roof because it was either this guy is the best corner to ever play the game, or he's the worst corner to ever play the game. Where are you at? What? Let me just get your thoughts on James Bradbury because my here's I'll give you mine and then you give me yours. Yeah, James Bradbury, solid corner. You put him in a scheme that he can fit in well. Him and Darius Slay can be a really good cornerback duo. That was my take. Cowboys fans thought I was being, a, you know, like a hater and, and propping up the Eagles. And I was just like, I don't understand how you can have really any other take but that. Like, if you're telling me he's washed, I'm going to say you're an idiot. And if you're telling me he's elite, I'm probably going to say you're an idiot. So I was like, I, I am like 100% in agreement there. He's a very solid, rather scheme-specific corner. Right. I very much trust him in sort of off man or zone coverage situations, which I'd imagine we're going to see a lot of from Gannon, like we saw last year. Right. I'm not putting him on an island. I'm not saying, look, you're going to go line up across from their number one, you know, 75% of the time. We're just going to play cover one and you're on an island with this guy. Like, if you do that, you're asking for trouble. You're right. setting them up to look washed. But if you're going to ask him to play zone, if you're going to ask him to play off, if you're going to ask him to do a lot of, like, stuff that the Eagles did last year, I think he's a solid number two guy across from Slay. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's where I am. That's, like, and that's what – I guess that's what bugs me is there's so many people who are just like – like I said, like, I don't even – I mean, I still watch the – team as a fan but like i try to like look at the nfl as a whole nowadays it's like from a team building perspective and like yeah you know when when james bradbury got released i was like well let me go see what james bradbury did last year and it's like yeah like i still see how he can be a good player they're just asking him to play a lot of man coverage and that's something he's not really great at that's yeah. never been his week his strength is to like you said get on an island and lock down you know and, and in what world would he be an ideal wink martindale corner like yeah. it's just going to roll cover zero out there left and right. Cause he's like, look, we're probably going to get blown out anyway. So I'm right. trying to make something happen on defense. That's not Bradbury. Like, huh. you know, but Gannon last year, a lot of two high stuff, a lot of zone stuff, guys playing off. He'll be fine there. And with Slay in place, like he won't have to be CB one in New York with the giants, like Aaron Robinson, like, like right. who are you asking to be CB one? If it offer for, for James Bradbury. And so, yeah, I think he's a solid corner and scheme yeah. specific, but it's a nice move for Philadelphia, and that is probably a good transition to the Eagles. Like a lot of hype around the Eagles right now, obviously, given the moves that they made. Are you buying the Eagles as favorites in this division? 
No. And it's just because I just still don't trust the quarterback to, to, and, and again, like, it's kind of the way last year for the Cowboys too, but their, their season was a little fluky. Like they didn't play many teams down the stretch. They pretty much beat the bad teams, lost to the good teams. And that was the theme for a lot of teams kind of heading into the, you know, like the Cowboys had some of that, like the Cowboys did win the Patriots game. Like they did beat some teams like the Vikings with the backup quarterback in the middle of the year. So there were some signs of like, okay, the Cowboys do have a legit, you know, resume to get into the playoffs and do well. Um, but when you looked at the Eagles, it was a lot of like, where are their good wins? And they didn't have many of them, but you got to play who's on the schedule. Um, so I, I still think, I just think that the, the difference between the quarterbacks is ultimately what normally decides the divisions. Um, I think when you get in the postseason and all these teams are a little bit more closely, you know, you know, graded as far as the quarterback goes, you don't have a lot of, you know, outside of, Jimmy Garoppolo's recently where you got guys who I just think are pretty solidly outside the top 10 to 12 quarterbacks. It's a lot of the top 10 to 12 quarterbacks playing in the postseason. So that's when it gets to which roster is better. But I think if guys stay healthy, I think you can bet on the the better the quarterbacks win in the divisions, you know, unless you're in the, the AFC West where you got what three of the top five, (laughs) three of the top eight or so in the same division, but I, I don't know. I mean, I love A.J. Brown. And, and again, like people were mad at me on Twitter because I was propping up the Eagles, but I was just propping up the moves they were making. Like, I think A.J. Brown's like maybe he's not a top elite wide receiver, but he's like in that for me, he's like on that line of, you know, really, really good. Number one and elite wide receiver. And yeah. he's played in an offense that's been run heavy. He's played in an offense without a guy that I think a good quarterback, but not a great quarterback. And it's not that he's getting better quarterback play in Philly, but I just, I think that he's a really good player who's put up really good numbers, you know, on a team that I think he can even do better in, in Philly. If if they, they figure out the passing game situation with Jalen Hurts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I mean, they did a. I think they did a good job this offseason from roster construction standpoint. I mean, the AJ Brown trade, like I, I think, is a very nice move for them. You know, obviously, you look at what they've done on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Jordan, White. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're gonna be like we were just talking about Bradbury, if you're going to be that sort of too high team, you need a guy like Jordan Davis that can you know steal an extra gap for you from a run fit perspective, so you don't have to bring that safety down. And I think that's, you know, a tremendous move for them getting Dean in the third round. It's hard to you know. Granted he fell for medical reasons, but you know, that's probably why they didn't pull the trigger on saying Malik Willis in the third round. Cause a guy that we all expected to go in the first a linebacker, did they get him in the third? And it's a, it was certainly a position of need that they had to address, but I, I think you're ultimately Connor are exactly right. Like this is all great on paper. This sounds fantastic you know, right before Memorial Day weekend. All right. Where's Jalen Hurts going to be in week three, week Absolutely. four? Like, does he take that third year leap? And there's a lot of talk, 
around Philly, around the Eagles, that like there are no excuses for him now. And, you know, that's that's a nice catchphrase, but I think there's some truth to it in that he's got A.J. Brown. He's got weapons around him. You've got a very much improved defense, more athleticism at the second and third level, so he doesn't have to be in a situation where he thinks he has to force throws and, you know, take some risky decisions. They can live to punt and give it back to this defense and maybe get a stop or two. And so, yeah. If it comes down to that, does he take the leap or not? Can he? Yeah. Will he? I don't know that. Yeah. No, and I mean, like, the defense is on paper, it's really good. I mean, they don't have a ton of, like, top-end safety talent, so I think that's probably the one area of concern with them. But you got, you know, you got Josh Sweat. You brought in Hassan Reddick, Jordan Davis, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox came back, Kaiser White, Nicobe Dean. You know, they got – the front seven is nasty. It's and then pretty, you look it's at, pretty good. Yeah, you look at James Bradbury and Darius Slay and, and Avante Maddox and go, that corner duo is pretty nasty, you know? So it's it's defensive side of the ball. They they look stout on paper, and it's it's like you said, just what – and it's I don't even think it's Jalen Hurts. I think it's the passing game as a whole. Like yeah. even, it, I'm not going to place it all on Jalen Hurts. Like, No, I mean, I think it was Ian Horowitz who put up a clip uh, earlier this week on Twitter of – Hurts just being let down by Jalen Rager like over right. and over and over again. Like, you know, Hurts making some bucket throws and Rager just not even getting close to catching the football. And you would expect, well, with AJ Brown now, Quez is probably going to be your slot. It's going to be nice for Devonta Smith too, because now you can put Brown as your X on the line of scrimmage. You can move Smith around. You can move Quez around. You can get those guys into potentially some stacks or some slots and give them some free releases. So, you know, Devonta Smith isn't getting pinned to the boundary like he was at times last year. So there'll be a trickle down effect as well. And so I think that will certainly help because you're right. Maybe the passing game was like 70% on Hertz last year, right. not 100%. Like yeah. there were some issues around him as well. Yeah. I mean, and, and the crazy thing is, is like we're talking about all these guys. I was thinking about the other day. It's like Devonte Smith had a good season last year. Yeah. Like it, it, you know, it might not have been to Justin Jefferson's level or anything like that, but. Or Jamar Chase. I mean, that's probably who overlooks Devontae Smith. But right, he had a really good year, I thought, for a rookie season in Philadelphia that isn't out just throwing the ball across the field or down the down the field all the time. So, right. I mean, his second-year development could be huge for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to rely solely on – you know, you could get in a situation where this Philly offense does what it did last year and just runs the ball, and A.J. Brown isn't as big as a factor as we think he's going to be because he's going to be, you know, not – not involved as much. So yeah. that's obviously could always be the case too. I don't think they trade what they did and sign them to what they did to not involve them much, but lots of pay for a decoy in the past. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. So I think that they're going to, which again, that's something too. If they're going to try to make this team like more of a passing team with the addition of AJ Brown, that could go poorly as well. If Jalen Hurts yeah. doesn't take that step. So yeah. there's still that, question marks there with them that might hold them back that if Jalen Hurts isn't ready to run the offense through the passing game, if it still has to be that run first option, the AJ Brown's not able to, you know, put on display what he can do, then maybe it is a little bit of a struggle bus for them. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could be, and you know, it's it, like I said, it's sort of easy to say right now right. at the end of May, like, yeah, this is the team to beat, but there are still, there's a lot of projection that goes with that. And when you're talking about, it's not like projected like an offensive tackle to like, Oh, he's a new home for him, or you know, he's a second-year guy. Can he take a, a step in year three? Talk about playing quarterback. Like right. it's it's a much different thing. And you know, does Sirianni 
you know, he figured it out like midway through the season, right? They had that game. I, I think it was the one against the, you know, they lost to the Raiders. They lost to the Bucks, And then it was that Lions game where they were like, we need to really run the ball on first down. Like, right. like, you know, they were like one of the most pass heavy teams on first downs early in the season. Sirianni sort of figured out like, look, we're probably better running the football get it into some third and three situations rather than third and nine. Which is against the grain, really. For yeah, it's know. it's very much like against the grain in today's NFL. But how do defenses respond to him this year? Like, right. okay, we'll we'll stop the run on first down. Now we're going to get into second and nine. Does Sirianni sort of adjust to the adjustments? I mean, you know, we're talking about Hertz and his step. What about Sirianni taking the next step as a head coach? Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, so let's wrap it up with the, with the Cowboys. I mean, we've talked a ton about the draft picks, but we really haven't looked at this team as a whole together yet. Um, you know, I think we will both admit that the quarterbacks, the I think far and away best quarterback in the division. Um, I think you can look at Philadelphia's roster and go, they have the better roster. And I don't know that it's, you know, all that close. Um, but what about the Cowboys do you think outside of the quarterback is their calling card for taking home another NFC East in back-to-back years? I mean, I think you start with the defense more than anything else. And you, you look at, you know, the, the strides that this defense made last year under Quinn. And that, this gets us into a tricky situation, though, because like we talked about 20 minutes ago with Washington. Washington. Like, we, we've seen how defensive success is not as sticky as offensive success. Like, the, it can be a bit noisy. Like, you can have success one year and really sort of struggle the next year. I mean, the one thing that sort of works in Dallas's favor, I don't know if they're seeing a ton of tough offenses this year. Yeah. Like, on the schedule. I mean – yeah, you're going to see maybe a decent offense or an improved offense from Philadelphia twice. And the uh, good thing, and the good thing is, the two of the toughest ones are back to back in Week One and Week Two against the yeah, Bucks and the Bengals. Yeah. You get Tampa Bay and Cincinnati like out of the way, and it's like, all right, well, right. maybe you're one and one, maybe you're zero and two, but zero and two isn't the death knell it used to be with the expanded yeah. playoff format. And so, you know, then you're getting Detroit, you're getting the Bears, you're getting. You know, the Giants twice, obviously. Who knows what you get from Houston? Probably not much. Jacksonville, like, it's a favorable schedule outside of sort of that start and some of the, the games you see in the NFC East. So I think the defensive success we saw last year can be stickier than we usually see uh, from teams like Washington. So I think the talent on defense, Micah Parsons, when, you know, say what you want about Diggs, whether he's an elite corner or not, I know those battles have been fought and will be fought, but He's a playmaker at the yeah, corner yeah. position, which sometimes I think you, you need more than anything else. I think this defense is talented enough where they can steal a possession or two. They can get a short field or two. Sometimes that's the difference. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest things is I don't think that – I mean, the Cowboys had a freaky turnover numbers last year, and a lot of that was thanks to Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. I don't know if that replicates, but I will Probably say – I will say I think Trayvon Diggs – I think he's going to make a career out of turning the ball over. Now, it might not. Like I said, it's not going to be 11 picks or whatever he finished with last year. But I can see him being at least a six-pick-a-year guy. Yeah, you get six, and, seven picks a year. That's yeah. six or seven possessions you've stolen. Yep. So, I mean, and that I think that's the biggest issue with, like, replicating those defensive results from year to year is just the turnovers. are They're fluky, I mean, for the yeah. most part. You know, that, that Chicago Bears team from it's probably, what, five or six years ago now that – had like 40 some turnovers in the year. And then the next year they were the worst defense in the league. It's just those turn. I mean, teams aren't going to throw you the ball all the time, you know, right. it, it just seems like when turnovers come, they come in bunches and they come, you know, 
and back-to-back weeks, and that can give you results that aren't, you know, easily to, you know, to, 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 to use the next year. So I think that you'll see the turnover numbers go down. Um, I think Diggs will still have plenty of picks, but like I said, I, I like what this defense can do. It's just, for me, the only thing that scares me with the defense is I look at last year as an outlier for them. And that's my biggest issue is like, you see teams, you know, like the Patriots who just always have solid defenses. You see teams yeah. like, Philadelphia, who who have had solid defenses for a while now, um, you know the teams that are good defensively normally stay good defensively. The Cowboys have been a disaster defense for what seems like forever now. I mean, twenty twenty was a joke. I mean, it was embarrassing to watch football that year as that defense played. But twenty twenty one, they just set the world on fire. So I think you kind of need to take both ends of the spectrum there. And I think they probably worked themselves out to be, you know, hopefully a top half of the league, but that's more of a range I'll be looking in. But I do think the offense will, will kind of get itself, work itself out of some of the kinks it had last year. And I, I still think the Cowboys should win the NFC East if, if Dak stays healthy, if he doesn't have any nagging injuries like he did last year. And just they the, the defense stays maybe not even on a similar track, but they don't regress to the point that we saw from like Washington. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I mean, I think there's hope that the defensive success can be replicated because it's year two of Quinn, you know, and, you know, say what you want about, you know, Dan Quinn as a head coach, or, but I think he's a very good defensive mind. And I think he proved that last year. And so while it won't be perhaps the turnover machine we saw last year, because like you said, that is a bit fluky. If it's better than the better than average, if it's an above average defense, I think that should be enough with Dak being completely healthy in this division, because ultimately it sometimes just comes down to the quarterbacks. And right now I think it's easiest to trust Dak out of any of the quarterbacks in this division. Now, maybe Hertz takes a huge step forward. Maybe Wentz doesn't have the mental breakdowns every third drive. Maybe Daniel Jones wows us all who knows, but those are all very hopeful projections. It's easier to sit here right now and just say, Dak's the best quarterback in this, in this division right now. Until that changes, they're the favorites. Yep, I couldn't agree more, and I think that's a great note to end it on. We're uh, OTAs are here. We'll have some actual football to maybe talk about some actual next week. Football, Connor, it's exciting. Crazy man, it's crazy. So we'll actually, hopefully, it's nothing negative. Hopefully, everybody stays healthy. Just take it easy. We'll have a couple of just five second long routes against air to talk about. But uh, we'll be back next week to break down some of the Cowboys OTA practices and. Get the ball rolling because camp will be here before you know it. Season will be here before you know it. And uh, we're ready for it. So we'll be back next week on the Talking to Star podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. See you later.